evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Raising Bulls, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network and Roughneck Scarves. We are the only podcast dedicated to the New York Red Bulls 2 of the USL Championship. Tonight, we've got two big road wins to recap. Uh, Frankly, I'm still floored that uh, they got through the week last week without uh, dropping any points. That was pretty amazing. Um, We're going to talk about... A couple of players on the team who are having really, really strong seasons, but maybe we're not talking about so much week in and week out. There was an article on USL that we'll we'll talk about this week. Uh, we'll uh, we, <laughs> we'll we have an interview with Jordan Scarlett that uh, we recorded the other day, and uh, I think you guys will really enjoy that. Um, then we're going to preview the match against Indy Eleven, and we're going to play a game called uh, Up on or improve and we'll go through that when we get there <laughs> joining me today it's mr joe steen hello joe hello joe how are you i'm doing very well i i feel like i and don't get me wrong i love talking to you every week and, and doing the show with you but i feel <laughs> like we're, we're missing bill quite a bit yeah oh I, I i agree i agree i miss bill just as much as you do um <laughs> his presence is uh is definitely missed on the show, and uh, hopefully he's back soon. I think I'll see him today, so I'm going to guilt him about uh, not making the show at all. But today, it's <laughs> Saturday morning, which is very unusual for us to record on a Saturday morning. Uh, I am going to the Red Bulls game tonight. Uh, hopefully they get all three points there. And uh, yeah, I can I can harass Bill a little bit about uh, coming onto the show more often. He's a busy dude, I understand. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, he's he's had his, uh, he, he, I, I've missed my shows this year, too, so uh, I can't, I guess I can't, uh, I can't fault him. Yeah, fair, very fair. Um, okay, let's just dive right into this, because it's Saturday, we both want to enjoy the day and, and make the most of the long weekend. Uh, it's Labor Day weekend, but the team that put in all of the labor last week was the New York Red Bulls, <laughs> too. Huge, huge week for them going on the road against Nashville, picking up all three points. And then, uh, I mean, I don't think anybody's surprised that they beat Swope Park, but with a rotated lineup, they really just put a hurting on that team. Fantastic week overall. Uh, uh, just general impressions. That this team can actually win on the road this year. Uh, we, we've talked about it in the past, how this team starts to really put together their 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 best performances towards the end of the year but they seem to be starting early this year um you know two huge i mean one huge road win against nashville which i predicted a loss so i mean i guess i should start predicting more losses for them on the road because they <laughs> seem to win every time i do <laughs> um but i thought i thought they played very well against nashville even after conceding early um on on a set piece i thought they you know, they responded very well. I thought for the most part they, they controlled the game. I didn't think they really gave Nashville anything uh, too much. Uh, obviously, the red card came into play late in the game. But I thought they – I thought for the most part they, they performed very well. Uh, I thought up front, you know, um, you know, Jared Stroud was, you know, was big again. And, um, you know, I think this, this team just seems to – Every time we seem to think that okay, maybe this you know maybe this is a tough game for this team, they seem to just step up and really, uh, really put together their best performance. Jared Stroud, I think, needs some kind of like uh, tifo. I know it's not happening for for Red Bulls too, and <laughs> you know I understand the the numbers issue at play for the Rampage, but he really needs some kind of tifo because leading the team in goals, leading the team in assists, just every time they need a big goal from someone he seems to be the one who's popping up and scoring it uh and and that's not a knock on any of the strikers it's just been very difficult getting anyone on the field regularly because of the first team contributions but yeah i mean he's just been having a phenomenal year and you look at that nashville game yeah they give up the goal early uh but it looked like they had grabbed all the momentum and it looked like they were in control of the match even before they scored uh the 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 tying goal just before the half and when you look at the match that took place in Nashville a couple of weeks ago, that was canceled. And then obviously this is the makeup uh, game for that. A completely different picture. The team f- 
you know, scores early, looks like they're on top, and then completely fell apart and looked like they were just going to get run off the field uh, by the time that uh, halftime whistle blew. This was a completely different story. And we're not talking about a Nashville team that isn't playing well right now. They've been on a great, great stretch. And still, uh, Red Bull 2 were able to handle them. Fantastic. Kyle Duncan, you mentioned uh, his goal. Uh, say magnifique. It was beautiful. Nice assist in the first half. And you got to give uh, Sebastian Elney some credit, too, because I it looked like he had a little bit of a touch on the ball. And if he didn't, uh, we'll pretend like it was a, a beautiful dummy. <laughs> And uh, call it a day. But coming from behind in the game, I thought was was fantastic. I think it speaks to the character of the team. Uh, er, in this match, towards the end of the second half, our guest tonight, Jordan Scarlett, uh, pulled out of the match. He had a yellow card. Um, there were shots of him and John really arguing, and, and it, it seemed to be a kind of a, um, a bad situation for, for the player and the coach. <laughs> Um, you'll hear later on sort of what was going on there. Uh, but, uh, I think it's easy and everyone can rest assured that, you know, there's no bad blood, uh, brewing there and, uh, things are not, uh, dire between the two, <laughs> the coach and the player. <laughs> things are great there. Let's get a man of the match for Nashville. Uh, I would have to say Jared Stroud or actually, you know what? I'm going to say, um, Jared Stroud's won a lot of man of the matches, but Kyle Duncan, a great goal, great assist in the first half. I think. It was one of his best performances on the season, so I'm going to say Kyle Duncan. Yeah, agree. And uh, Kyle's a guy who's struggled a little bit, especially with the first team, playing a, a lot of different positions, playing on the left and the right. And uh, he's not necessarily been putting in full 90-minute shifts. I think this is the, the best one that he put, a, put in so far, like you said. And, yeah, totally agree. Man of the match. Goal and assist. Great job, Kyle. Glad to see that uh, you're finally getting back into the swing of things and and things are going well. Then on the weekend, Red Bulls 2 go to Swope Park. They go down a goal early again, uh, but it becomes the Sean. Oh, they they were up 1-0? Yeah, they were up 1-0. Oh, I'm sorry. It's been a while, guys. It's an entire week since that (laughs) match. Okay, so they're up 1-0. Sean McSherry getting his first start in quite a Well, I think... Maybe this is his second start of the year? Or was he just making uh, appearances off the bench previously? I think he was making appearances off. I don't know if he started. I don't think he started in the Atlanta game. Yeah, so I, I don't think so either. And gets his first start, comes back from injury, two goals on the night. Uh, absolutely fantastic performance. I think you know it's a credit to uh, his work that he put in to get back on the field and just sort of that, that drive to, to make an impact knowing that there's only so f- so few games left in the season and really not being able to feature much earlier in the, in the year. So great job there. Uh, we got our first good look at, at last week's guest, Omar So. Nearly scores a goal, a little bit uh, a little bit off the mark, but otherwise a really nice little shift from him. Edgardo Rito with an absolute galazzo uh, dribbling in, finishing near post with authority. And... We're talking about a team that was heavily rotated and still got a big, big victory. The The takeaway for me for, for this match and a lot of what we've seen down the stretch is it's very likely that they're going to surpass their point total from 2016. And, you know, I made a big deal talking about that on Twitter the other day, that, that this should be a bigger story than it has been so far. Uh, but I'm just curious what you saw in this match. I thought it was a great performance from a rotated side. I thought McSherry took both of his goals very well. Uh, at Rito and uh, I thought Edgardo Rito and Giannis Luba were very involved in the attack uh, going forward, and I thought they both put in great shifts. I thought it was just a really good team performance. Obviously, you know, the red card really gave them the momentum, yeah. but they didn't allow slow, slow parking to even breathe in, in the second. I mean, they're, they're, they're pressing. I mean, they, Swill Park just couldn't, they couldn't maintain possession of the ball. I mean, it was just, it was just pretty much what we expected it to be. Uh, but I think a big story is that their goal total. I mean, this team is scoring goals for fun this year. I mean, especially against the, the really bad teams. This was something that we were kind of concerned about is, you know, they kind of have those games where they, you know, they're not at their best or they're coming off of a big win and, you know, is this a potential trap game or is this, you know, 
something that, you know, they, they might not have their best game against one of the lower teams because they've struggled on the road against these type of teams this year too. But the fact that they just keep – they're, they're going to score, uh, I believe, over over 80 goals this year, which is incredible when you think about it. It is bananas. Totally bananas. When you look at the 2016 team, they scored 61 goals in 30 games, which is a, a phenomenal rate, right? Uh, this year's team in four less games already has surpassed that goal total. And that's not their best that they've scored in the regular season. Uh, 71 is the most goals they've scored in a season, but with eight games remaining, it's not that hard to picture this team surpassing that total as well. I mean, it's just absolutely phenomenal. They're getting it done on both sides of the ball. They're getting it done, uh, with a variety of different players, uh, getting minutes, you mentioned Janusz Loba. He's been having a really, really nice season, despite the fact that um, we don't talk about him that often on the show. Uh, but over the last couple of uh, weeks, he's really come on and showed very, very well. Um, who is your man of the match of this? Uh, I'm going to say McSherry. Two goals and his first start. Uh, I'm going to give it to him. I fully agree. Sean... It is nice to, to see you back on the field. I was a little worried that that would be the end of your season. Uh, it wasn't. You came back. You scored two goals. Make sure you are the man of the match for Swill Park Rangers. Now, I just was talking about Janusz Luba and the kind of season he's having. Uh, but I, I thought that we should talk about some of the guys and maybe even some of the attributes that we don't talk about every week. Uh, but are quietly very, very impressive and deserve a little bit of a uh, a congratulations or or sort of a, a highlight, I guess. Janusz Loba, I'm going to start with first. He is second on the team in assists. Second to Jared Stroud's eight assists. He has six and obviously has played far fewer minutes. He has been a terror on the left side of the the midfield slash defense over the last couple of games and, you know, sneaking up the chart. And I didn't realize how much he had done. We talked about the number of chances he created last week, which was I think it was around 26. It's probably a little over you know 30 now. Uh, But that's a fantastic return on, you know, 30 or so chances created to get six assists. Yeah, I mean, I would talk about, I mean, he, he's been one of the players that has really kind of flown under the radar, really. We hadn't talked about him a lot, and I thought, he, I think for the most part, he's put in um, a great shifts. I would, I would one shout I would give is Chris Lemma's defensive ability this year. Uh, I think he's not gotten enough credit for how much he's broken, how, how well he's counterpressed, how he's broken up uh, chances, you know, counter, you know, how he's break uh, broken up attacks. How him and uh, John Christoph Kofi have really for- and, and him even him and Kyle Zayats have formed a great partnership in the midfield. Well, you uh, spoiler alert, okay? Because that was the next one I was going to talk about was Chris Lemma and his <laughs> defensive work. Leads the team in tackle attempts. Leads the team in tackles. One fifty three passes per ninety. So he's he's been a big outlet for the team and. Uh, you know, you think of a guy when we talk about Chris Lemma, we talk about him as a holding midfielder and a guy who distributes. Listen to this ratio, okay? Passes forward versus passes backwards. Six hundred and twenty-eight forward, a hundred and twenty-seven back. That is That's phenomenal. Great, Absolutely yeah. phenomenal. We talk about all the chances he's created this year, uh, and he's done a really great job. But just the work all around has been very impressive and Chris you, you deserve a big round of applause from everybody you, you've been having a great season and mind you yeah, this I is mean, I, oh good sorry yeah no go ahead no go ahead this is someone who you know he spent time with the Red Bulls Academy ended up getting drafted by FC Dallas uh, didn't catch on there came back to the Red Bulls so you know he's somebody who could have slipped through their fingers and he's been a a phenomenal contributor uh, the last two seasons. And, uh, you know, again, we talk about guys that are are flying under the radar for some of the work they're doing. He's, he's someone that that gives you hope for that defensive midfielder position at the MLS level moving forward. 
Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I mean, I, I think I think he's developed very well. Um, last year, you know, he you know he, he had come on uh, you know towards the end of the season, but I think this year he's really really uh, really been one of the key parts of this team's success. Yeah, and then Kyle Zayitz, who yeah. you also mentioned, uh, four goals, sure, that's a fan- fantastic return for your rookie season. Uh, but did you know that he leads the team for passing accuracy? For any player with a minimum of a hundred attempts, I did not, but I am not. I'm not surprised. I can't say I'm surprised because I've always, whenever I see the stats with his uh, his passing accuracy and the stats, he's it always seems like he's either one or he's either the best or he's second best. So it doesn't really surprise me. He's very he, his distribution. He I think he was kind of tentative at first, but you could see his confidence growing with every game he plays. Yeah, and the thing that I called it, so it's like the opposite with with Chris Lemma. I had called out Chris for you know how well he had been doing uh, going forward, and what I had always said about Kyle uh, was his defensive bite was really a big boon for the midfield, and that was uh, something that that Jean Christophe Kofi and Chris Lemma didn't quite have the same sort of. Um, uh, speed in closing down and, and the way that they challenge the Tanari esque factor of the defensive midfielder. Uh, but yeah, I mean, going forward, he's been very, very good as well. That passing percentage, you want to guess what his total is for the year right now? Uh, 78. 80.9. Oof. 80.9. And I didn't that's check that's what, what it was on, so let's find out. Um, We're going to fill some time by making noises. That's my go-to. <laughs> um, you'll hear me clicking around on the mouse. But... That's for 90, blah, 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 blah. Kyle's eye, it's 555 passes. 80.9% complete. That's... That's insane. <laughs> his for, his forward backward uh, ratio is also high, but just not as high. Um, it is two forty nine to fifty eight, and then side to side. <laughs> he he's a shuttler, so you see a lot of like uh, going from side to side with him. But it's very nice. Good job, Kyle. Uh, last but not least, I started talking about it um, when we were recapping uh, the the match against Swope Park. Red Bulls two on the road this year have been great, and it's. It's been the difference between a mediocre season and what we're getting this year, where they're leading the pack uh, with only eight games left for them. There are there are teams underneath them, mainly this week's opponent, that have better points per game totals currently. Uh, or I guess that's really the only one is Indy. Uh, but, I mean, the 2016 team did something so incredible with getting, you know, I think it was like 13 wins on the road that season. That's not this team, but just having a solid stretch <laughs> and being difficult when they go out, they're six, two and three on the road. That would have been, that would have absolutely put them in first place last season. Um, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, at this point, I don't, I don't know how many, I don't know how many wins I predicted. Because I remember when we did bowl predictions a couple weeks ago, I think I said I'd, they would win five out of their last seven road games or something like that, and they've already won three. They've already, two, they've, two I three. think it's two. So, so now they're poised to uh, only so win two only more. <laughs> <laughs> just to, just to, just to, just to, uh, just to make my prediction not come be like one off. That would, yeah, yeah. I yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised, but. Their their road play has been. I mean, it, it's something you know that we've talked about with uh, with John, um, with John Wolniak, uh, you know, quite a bit over the past couple of years. And uh, I really think I, I, I a lot of credit should go to him and the staff for because because it's a young team for them to just you know be able to turn around and and you know quick turnarounds this year. I think for the most part on their quick turnarounds they have not put in except for the clunker in Pittsburgh. They really have not put in a bad road performance this year. Yeah, they've been in every match, and you know the ones that they dropped, which it's only those two matches. Uh, it, it it wasn't like they were completely played off the field, except for the, I guess the Pittsburgh one. You could say that that, that was a an anomaly. Pittsburgh game, yeah, I would yeah. say, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I thought they, it was, well, they always struggle against Pablo. I thought it was great this this past week on Twitter. 
you know, just looking at how well they've played. I, I put up a tweet about how nobody's talking about this team and they need to. And then uh, we get a great story from uh, the USL website from Nick Murray. Uh, and it's it's all about <laughs> how well they're playing and that we should be paying attention to them because they're having a uh, an historic season for this club. In any event, we're going to take a break now. When we come back, you'll hear uh, my interview from earlier in the week with Jordan Scarlett. So stick around. Welcome back. We are joined again. Uh, only his second appearance on the show, despite this being his third season. It's Jordan Scarlett. Hello, Jordan. How are you? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me again. Thanks thanks for coming on. We uh, we really appreciate it. My pleasure. My pleasure. So uh, it's fair to say the last time that we talked to you, you were in a very different situation, brand new to a, a team that was coming off a championship season. It wasn't like it was a poor season in 2017, but it was certainly a dip uh, from the highs of 2016. And, uh, you know, you went through some some injury struggles uh, last season, but uh, this year it's, it's a very different story. How has it been for you? Um, I mean, like you said, you know, last year uh, the injuries definitely caught up to me. Um, pull my groin, so that had me out for two, two to three months. Um, but that that also teaches taught me how to how to um, take care of my body through this long and exhausting season. So I think this year I've just been more in tune with my body, taking care of it before and after practice, and just think being able to play so many games more con- consistently is a. Uh, I've been very happy with that. So. The progress of last for the first two seasons to now definitely helped me to to be where I'm at today in the season. And a, a muscle pull is such a uh, a uh, pain in the butt because you don't really have a clear plan of of how to get back from that. Right? It, it's more just about feeling and, and feeling comfortable. Yeah, uh, you don't really you don't really see those injuries coming. You know, they just happen, and when they do, like the, the slight little tear or strain could really affect all your play so i think that was just the most uncomfortable part like coming rehabbing the stuff and this season coming into the season i think the expectations around you coming back and being this this veteran player on the back line i think were pretty high And, and so far you know you and the team have really responded very well yeah i just think experience plays a big part because you know the system that we play is not like any other that you will see. Um, only a few teams under the Red Bulls umbrella who play the system. So uh, just being a defender, just watching clips, man, and um, um, taking what I learned from the past two years and asking the coaches more questions, not being too shy. If I don't really know something, I don't try to figure it out myself. I would ask questions. Um, I think the team with the guys that came back and the newcomers, I think they've adapted pretty well. So uh, not only do we have a strong momentum swing, there's solid um, team chemistry going on here. Actually one of the best I've ever seen, uh, one of the teams I've ever played on. So I think all of that contributing to together adds up to where we are now on the table. And you just mentioned having all these new guys come in. You know, you are, I don't think anybody would be surprised to see you leading the back line because you've always been a very vocal presence. Anybody at MSU could hear you all game long, I would say. But uh, is that, how difficult is that as a player to to have so many new guys around you and to, to get those uh, sort of results that you guys have been getting? I mean, with other teams probably be more difficult, but as I said, like we're we're friends not only on the field but off it. So when I if I was supposed to talk to a player in a way that might come off like too, way too aggressive, he's not gonna respond as getting down. He's gonna he's gonna up, use the the line, the the message I passed uplift and to do better in like the next play. So that for like a new guy coming in, that's very that's very crucial. So and if he was supposed to, and he knows that he could talk to me, I don't care if I've been here for a million years. 
like you probably it, you probably see something that I didn't see. So like that's just the back and forth interaction that we have is it's more of a friendship than like professional. So I think the new guys and old guys gel perfectly together. You know, and you talk about uh, that accountability and sort of not necessarily taking anything to heart because uh, it, it's really just about you know getting yourself to a specific level. Um, this last week, you played a, a match against Nashville. You ended up getting pulled out of that game. And then uh, on the sideline, uh, the camera showed you and John having a very heated exchange. Was that sort of similar to what you were talking about just now? Yeah. So the, it was just an exchange of um, just like standards and stuff. The game, we won the game with the team put a solid performance. But it was just like a little details that he wanted me to tighten up on. And plus, we had a game coming up um, in the next couple of days. So that it's it's that tighten up little details. Like even though we're, we're beating a very a very good team who was going to move on to the MLS or um, good players, Rios had 17 goals. We locked him down. Me and Sean and the back line, all of us. So <clears throat> even though everything was good. Um, John always sees um, uh, a different angle than I'm seeing because I'm think I I could think I'm 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 killing the season I'm killing the game but he might see something okay Jordan is is this good and he could be this so I'm going to let him know that you could be this and I want you to be that you know I want you to go to that level that's where you could be you're at here right now so it's just just a back and forth interaction and then we started it out and now now it's just for me to take what he, he gave me and just keep progressing. And that game, it's kind of funny that uh, it ended 2-1 because that was the score when the game was called, uh, you know, however many weeks ago that that was originally played. It's a weird situation to be in, right, where you you played this half uh, and been down. That's wiped from the board. You start again, and you're able to pull out a victory. Have you Has that happened to you before in your career, and what, what was that like this time? No, I mean, that was the first time that happened, actually. But we went had went to Birmingham early in the yes. season, and we were up – um, Tom Barlow had put one away, I think, within the first 60 minutes, and then we were all we were all re- ready to roll, and it got called. So, um, the first time I saw that, and then it happened again in Nashville. So, in in terms of like luck, you say, okay, I'll take that. But then when we go back there, it was a fair it was a fair game, I would say, because now they had all this addition players. They have new two new center backs, which are pretty good. Um, the strikers card form and all, and, you know, and the players that they brought off the bench um, was pretty good too. And it's just <clears throat> now it's just a level game, and they caught us early. And the fact that we were able to bounce back and to stick to horror game tactics, we never change it, we never alter it, we never, you know, we keep going, we keep going, and to get a result, uh, a very hostile place like that, the fans are constantly shouting, um, the players are aggressive, there's a lot of contact. For us to pull a result is really show like the the grit and like the the camaraderie of the team, and that's something that you keep bringing up the the camaraderie of the team and uh, sort of uh, the, the team chemistry. Is that the biggest difference between maybe this year and the last couple of years? Everything's just kind of falling into the right place. For me, for me, that is because it's the first time I've, I've been in the first place. But to be honest, so like you you, you see the practices like. It, like the practice, so we might, if we're playing um, Rondo, a box game, mm-hmm. it just takes one guy to just to just to laugh at one other guy, and everything just just get enhanced by a thousand. Or this guy to say, I know you, be- I know your touch is better like that, and then he's going to say, Okay, watch my touch, and then that guy's going to react. Okay, watch his touch, and then the intensity just that just heightens up, and plus the way we play, we press, we press, we press that everybody's getting better in their sessions. You know, maybe like a couple of years, maybe like there, there may be like one or two like standout players. I think everybody now is good and standout, but we stand out together. You know, just mm-hmm. not one focus. Like this player could come off the bench and, and, and play for you. And the player that's on the field is going to be happy that he's coming on. There's there's no hard feelings there. You know, so I think just that. And we, we, we're able to, in the video, we're able to talk about the game without like anybody getting like offended as a hey hey bro i know you could um make that pass better right but you're complicating it just pass it to me and i'll give it back to you next time and it you know what i mean it's just just that simple and i think that's been the reason why we've been like fighting off these uh, these all these good teams and and remaining at the top and that that's really interesting i think just because 
it, I, I think that that shows that the margins are so small between uh, a good year versus a mediocre year versus a bad year uh, of, you know, just a couple of, of different factors that could really sway an entire season. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's like you see, like in, becoming a pro from, from college, in college you might have like four or five um, solid players on a team. But then you come here, you have to know that they pick those, they pick the best two players from each college and put them together. So now the margin of like, yes, you might be the best guy at your, at your school, but here that guy was the best guy at his school too. So now it's just the, like you have to be consistent. You know what I mean? You have to take as much um, message as you can and like know what to take in, what to filter you have to make sure you put the extra work in to put your head just by a little bit, like whatever it takes. Cause like the last, my last, last year, my first year I had a good season after coming off injury. And then my second year, I, I, I dipped a little bit with, with like out of form and the injury just add up. And then this year I look back and um, I, I ride the wave. I keep going up. I keep going up, keep going up. So hopefully we could stay at the pace that we're going. We talked about it like, even in breakfast when we were talking, like, hey, we got to keep maintaining, we can't drop. Um, one example that I see was last couple of years, the, the teams at the bottom have always been our kryptonite. They've always somehow either get a tie against us or beat us. But this year, like, we've been zoning in on, expect, like, the big games, we, we, like, we're already there emotionally. But the smaller games is what, like, now we've been keen on, like, okay, I don't care if they're last place, or whatever they're, wherever they're in the standing, we're going to play them like we play um, Tampa or Nashville. I think, so I think that's like the small details. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. The, the way that you guys handled Atlanta at home a couple of weeks ago, I think speaks <laughs> to that for sure. Uh, Jordan, this has been fantastic. Uh, before I let you go, I'm going to subject you to the lightning round. Uh, are you ready? Okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, again, I don't remember if I've done this with you in the past, so hopefully I haven't already gotten these answers. But popcorn, yes or no? Yes. Okay. Uh, Super Mario Brothers or Sonic the Hedgehog? Super Mario Brothers. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Marvel or DC? Marvel for sure. And last but not least... If there, or well, uh, I, I'm still going to call it the Derek Etienne Award. Uh, who is the worst dancer on the New York Red Bulls too? Jared Shroud. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad we keep getting new uh, uh, nominees to this. So this is fantastic. I'm going to have to build a statue at the end of the year to give it out to somebody. <laughs> oh man, I look forward to that. Well, Jordan, uh, obviously no game this weekend, but. Uh, wishing you nothing but uh, the best of luck for next week, midweek against Indy. I thank you, man. I appreciate it. And when we come back, we're going to preview that match. So stick around. And we're back. Final segment. We're going to preview the match against Indy 11 this coming week wednesday september what is it fourth i think that's right wednesday september 4th indy 11 they're traveling to indy to lucas oil stadium indy is 14 4 and 4 with a plus 18 goal differential on the season 4 1 and 0 in their last five games this is where this is the number where you should be most concerned red bull fans they are 8 0 and 4 at home this season 8-0-4. Have not dropped a result at home yet. Let's let's make that happen. I I think we can get behind that. (laughs) Anyway, in their last five matches, they have wins over Loudoun United, uh, North Carolina FC, St. Louis, and Charlotte. Um, Only one of those matches was shut out. The 2-0 win over Loudoun. The rest were 2-1, 2-1, and 3-1. They lost to Nashville. 2-0. So, you know, uh, not that I, not that you can really measure results based on uh, different teams meeting, but take that for what you will. Their goal leaders this season, Tyler Pasher is really getting it all done for them. He's got nine goals on the season. 
Uh, then Dane Kelly with five, and then there's a pretty big drop-off. Drew Connor, Neville Hackshaw have two apiece. Uh, Duon Kim, Ilya Illich, Alun Diakate, uh, Macaulay King, Carl Wimet, and Ayose have one apiece. Their assist leader is Kenny Walker. He's got four. Then Lucas Faria, Ayose, and Dane Kelly have three. Patrick Barrett and Tyler Pasher have two. Nico Mattern, Neville Hackshaw, and Tyler Gibson have one. I should say Tyler uh, Tyler Pasher has ten goals because he scored the other night. I wrote these uh, notes up before uh, they drew against Louisville, so <laughs> let's uh, let's change it to their last six games. They are four one and one <laughs> with a draw last night against Louisville. Last night? Is it the other night? Oh man, last night. Last night. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Some things to, to mention here. Dane Kelly really underperforming this season. Um, he was brought in from the West Coast, as we talked about, uh, from Reno. And, you know, I think when Indy was loading up their offense, they had a ton of forwards that they were looking at. Some got hurt and some did not live up to the hype. Dane Kelly is absolutely in that latter category. Uh, on the positive side, it seems since they've moved on from Thomas Ennett Voltson in Indy. Uh, he's been playing off the ball a little bit more and uh, seems to be getting you know, into a better rhythm. He's been able to score a goal since then, uh, which it, it had been a while since he had scored. So, you know, it could be the start of his uh, Kelly-sance, I think would be the best <laughs> way to say that. But uh, Tyler Pasher is absolutely a killer, and uh, he's been pairing well with, with Dane Kelly. So... It's something to keep an eye on. Uh, they drew against Louisville. They're going to need to to work on a a certain amount of rotation because they're in the middle of a real death march. So many games uh, in a row. I think it's something like five or six in like twenty one days. It's a lot of matches that they have to play. Um, and they don't have a tremendous amount of depth defensively. So it's something really interesting to keep your eye on. Um, Drew Connor is also someone to keep an eye on. He is a, a real threat from the midfield, which they've they've struggled to keep anyone uh, consistently dangerous. But he's been someone who's been doing well. Like I said, they have the most games in hand in the in the East. They are the team that could potentially unseat the Red Bulls at the top uh, if they're able to maximize those points. But you know. The Red Bull team that they're coming up against is playing on a really, really high level right now. And I'm interested to, to hear what you have to say about this match, Joe, and uh, if the Red Bulls can make it three for three on the road. Well, it's it's going to it's going to be a tough game. I mean, uh, the first time these two teams met, um, it, it was not an easy game. I think Red Bulls went down early off a Dane Kelly goal. Uh, but it's going to be, I would say, it's going to be a tough game. Uh, you know, Brian mentioned earlier this season how high he was on when he came on the show, how high he was on Tyler Pasher. And Tyler Pasher has definitely been one of the more uh, Indy's most dangerous players. I believe they just got Ilya Illich back from injury, too, which uh, we know about Illich from last year because he caused uh, Red Bull 2 a lot of problems when he was partnering up top with Cameron Lancaster. So, uh, and we know about Indy's midfield and how, how talented they are and how they... You know, they, they present a challenge for this Red Bull 2 midfield. Uh, we, we talked about it the first time around, how how were they going to be able to stand up against, um, you know, a, a talented indie midfield with a lot of experience because the Red Bulls midfield is very young. Um, and, you know, they, they did a good job the first time. Now on the road, it's gonna I think it's going to be a little bit tougher. Um, I think Indy is playing very well right now, much like Nashville was. But, uh Apparently, every time I think Red Bulls 2 uh, has a challenge, they seem to step up to the plate. So I really uh, I'm interested to see what how what kind of lineup John Wolniak, uh, what, who, what kind of team he has available. And if he kind of puts out a similar amount to the first time these two teams met. Yeah, that is going to be a question of who's available, who starts. The first team uh, is playing today, as we mentioned. Uh, I would expect to see. Uh, Tom Barlow or Bradley Wright Phillips get the start uh, there based on uh, Brian White. I'm assuming he's still being held out with his ankle sprain. Uh, so that'll be interesting. And when you talk about the midfield, you know, we there's at least those three guys that we mentioned, Chris, uh, Jean-Christophe Kofi, 
and Kyle Zayetz, who have played very well, but Jared Stroud's also been uh, slotting in there. Vincent Bezicord has been slotting in there, so that'll be interesting to see who exactly gets the call. Uh, and then uh, on the defensive side of the ball, it's it's hard to pick. Sean Nealis, Jordan Scarlett, Preston Kilwain have all been playing, or Kilwain, I said uh, Kilwain incorrectly, um, have all been playing at a very high level over the last couple of weeks, and it's hard to figure out who the best pairing is there. I think it's probably Scarlett Nealis, but uh, you know, you slot Preston in there and he's been doing very well. Uh, also we, what, of that group, who would you prefer? Um, hmm. probably Scarlett Nealis. Uh, that's not, it's not a knock on uh Kilwine. I think, I think he's been, I think he's been very good this season when he's been called upon. I, we've talked about it, that how he likes to, he likes to uh, try and split the lines with his passing, and if, even if it doesn't come off, he keeps trying it. So maybe in a way uh, that maybe they maybe John thinks that you know that that he could be one of those guys that you know uh, maybe could help us you know Red Bull two going forward with the with the line splitting passes to the mid and you know past Nashville's midfield. Um, uh, but I don't think you can go wrong with any three of them. But I think right now I would go Scarlett and Nealis. Okay, I think that's fair. Kyle Duncan, I think, will be missing for this match. I'm not sure when the players are called into the camp, but he was called up for the U23 camp, uh, as was Omir Fernandez. So who starts on the right uh, could be interesting. Uh, I would bet that that means that we're going to see Alan Giannis if uh, Duncan's not available and Reese is still with the first team. Uh, but, you know, it, it's definitely a big question mark. And then out left, I think you got to keep Janusz Luba on the field he's been playing so well lately and just has such a great motor he seems to like I, he's one of those guys that kind of reminds me of um of Alex Muiel in the motor department not in uh not in the way that he plays but just he he seems to be the guy who's still able to push at minute 90 where other guys are starting to really like take their finger off the uh finger their foot off the pedal <laughs> don't drive with your hands it's a really bad idea <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think uh, I, I mean, we will. What about uh, potentially Edgar Rito gets another start too? Oh yeah, um, man! Because, How did I, I mean, forget about Rito? Yeah, yeah I think I think Rito's been. Uh, I think Rito and Luba definitely could uh, cause Nashville some problems moving uh, going uh, going forward because they both of them are very dynamic uh, going forward, especially Rito with his uh, with his pace and playing on the carpet in uh, uh, Lucas Oil Stadium could favor the speed of, of Rito and uh, Luba. Let's get a prediction from you. I'm going to do this again, and I'm, they're going to prove me wrong again, but I'm going to say Indy pulls this one out in a close match. I'm going to say it's a reverse of the first game, 2-1 Indy. I think I called the match the other day in Nashville a 1-1 draw, uh, and I think that's true here, too. I think Indy is a completely different team at home. Um, one thing to keep an eye on, Nothing happened in the match, uh, but Carl, Carl we met was uh, involved in a situation uh, where a bunch of players got yellow cards. It was kind of violent. He grabbed a player from behind and threw him down to the ground. Uh, didn't even get a card for that. So that could be something that's reviewed. There could be you know suspensions that come out of that. Um, because there were other players carded during the incident during the match, I don't know if that will ultimately result in anything, but it's just something to keep an eye on. Uh, but all that said, I think this is still a 1-1 match. I think you're going to see another goal out of Jared Stroud, uh, but ultimately they come home uh, with seven out of nine points, which is still a heck of a haul for a team that has traditionally not been great on the road outside of 2016. Let's... Play? I, think that's, I think that's fair. Do you want to play a game? <laughs> Maybe. Okay. Depends uh, on the game. It, this, this has a harsh name, uh, but I just wanted to have something that uh, had consistency in, in the labels. Uh, but we're going to call this needs to move up, needs to improve, needs to move on. So let's start uh, with needs to move up. Who are the who is the one player? If you had to pick one player on this team that needs to move up to the first team, who is it? Um, 
Well, that's an easy one, Jared Stroud. I mean, he, he, what, what else is there left for him to do at the USL level? Um, I think uh, with the roster turnover, with, with the potential roster turnover this summer, uh, I, I would be disappointed if they didn't give him a look in the first team. Yep, fully agree. And uh, because I need to also call out someone else so that we just have two topics, I'm going to also say Chris Lemma. Um, probably not uh, a, a the popular choice, but I have a feeling that you're going to see some significant overhaul with the Red Bulls one roster this offseason. And I think it is absolutely worth taking a look and seeing if he can continue to get the results that he's been able to get in USL at a higher level. Uh, needs to improve. Who's one guy on the team that you think really needs to improve over the final stretch? Hmm. Uh, this is kind of a tough one. Um, are, we, are we counting players that are loaned down too? Or, sure. Uh, yeah, you can do that. Or just that. Um, I just want to see Matias Jorgensen find some more consistency in his game. Um, I think he has stretches where he's great and... Uh, and I think he has stretches where he's just, you don't know he's in the game. I, I just would like to see him continue to develop and find some more consistency. You have called out uh, the specifics, but not the player that I have in mind. And that guy, no surprise, it's Ben Mines. I think when he is locked in and able to uh, combine well, he's phenomenal. And he's done very well. Uh, he's getting better at the decision-making part of the game. Um, but he still struggles uh, keeping a consistent performance, not getting uh, taken out of his game by uh, the other team's physicality. And, I mean, there's just been so many injuries with the guy. So I really would like to see him kind of put together a, a solid back half of the season and and continue the path that I think many had hoped uh, for when they saw him play for the first time. I think that's fair. Uh, I think the injuries have been a big part of his his, his struggles, though. So yeah, definitely. I, I can't fault him terribly for. I can't fault him at all for that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, last but not least, needs to move on. Who's one guy that you think you've had your shot, and it's time. It's time to go now. Even with the position change, um, I still think they're Alan Giannis. Uh, I think he's been passed in the depth chart by by uh, Luba and Rito. And uh, I, I know he provides depth now, but I really think that... Uh, and even John Tolkien um, is somebody that, uh, you know, has, has you know he's, he's come in and just put in great performances. Um, and I think this... I just don't think there's a place for him on the team right now. Yep, I agree with that. Alan, uh, despite the fact that... Uh, we enjoy you and we enjoy what you've done. I think uh, it's probably going to be time to move on at the end of the season. But we shall see. It's always a, a, an interesting uh, thing when you get down to this point in the season. If you asked me at the end of last year what defender I thought they should move on from, I probably would have said Jordan Scarlett. Because I, you know, I know he had injury problems last year. Um but it just seemed like something wasn't clicking and, it, it, you know, things weren't working. But you look at his body of work this year and it is by far the best that he's had as a Red Bull. So, it, you know, sometimes some of this stuff is just circumstantial. It comes down to who you're playing with and how comfortable you are with those guys. And I could absolutely see that being the case with Giannis as well. Um, but, you know, two years on, I, I think it's time for for the team and him to sort of explore uh, different avenues. Uh, that, yeah, it. I think that's fair. I think you know, he's just, you know, he's put in, he's put in his time, and he's had some good shifts, but hasn't been consistent enough. Yeah, that brings us to the. Oh wait, no, I didn't uh, talk about standings. I'm just going to do a very quick standings update. We're not going to uh, spend too much time on this. Um, still at the top, still the one by four points and a game in, or well, uh, Tampa Bay has a game in hand. Red Bulls 2, up top, 53 points, followed by Tampa Bay Rowdies, 49. Nashville, that's why this was such a huge win the other day, 48 points. Indy 11, 47. They have three games in hand, though, so keep an eye on the, the, the next match. It's going to be a really, really interesting one. Bob Lilly and the Pittsburgh Riverhounds at 47. North Carolina FC, 46. Louisville, 43. Ottawa Fury, 39. 
Uh, we are now at a point where this part of the table is finally solidifying. Birmingham Legion, 33 points. Charleston Battery, 31. St. Louis FC, 26. Charlotte Independence, 26. Beth Steele, 23. Memphis, 901, 22. Loudoun United, 21. Atlanta United, 20. Hartford, 19. And Swope Park, 15. Swope Park is going to finish this year at the bottom of the, the Eastern table. 15 points right now in 23 matches. Not great. Uh, up in the West, we know one team has clinched the playoffs. And that team is Phoenix Rising. They basically, for all intents and purposes, have locked up the West. They're 12 points up. Now, I owe you a dollar, Joe. So that, you know, I'm not going to weasel out of. But you got to admit, the way that game started, you had to think, like, no way. This is really going to happen. They were down one nothing inside of five minutes. And then Tacoma <laughs> nearly comes and beats them. They had to score three goals at the end of that match uh, to avoid uh, or to get maximum points. I almost got both of those right. I'm giving myself uh, a pat on the back, despite the fact that Phoenix Rising still overcame them. <laughs> but I had such hope in that Sacramento match. Uh, they go up one nothing. It looks like uh, this is going to be poised for a really great uh afternoon or i guess it was an evening game um with that score line two minutes into the match they're winning five minutes later own goal one one then they took the lead just before half and the rest was you know history as they say anyway uh congrats phoenix yeah you'll get your dollar joe i'm glad i didn't double or nothing that bet on anything see that's the problem with gambling kids you lose every time um okay if you want to follow us on twitter i am at underscore joe goldstein i am at jstein 15 and if you want to follow the show and we hope you do we are at raising bull cast that's one bull raising bull cast and of course that's on twitter you can follow our written work at red bulls news network rbnn.us or on twitter at rb news network we're also on Facebook.com slash Raising Bulls. We're on RaisingBulls.com where we post all of our episodes. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Find us, rate us, review us, help us move up the chart, move up the algorithm so that others can find us as well. We're part of the Beautiful Game Network at BGN.FM covering such things as MLS, USL, Premier League, and NWSL. They've got a host of great shows like the Other Football Podcast, 901 Soccer Pod, Speedway Soccer, The Curse Cast, Six Point Weekend, Off Pitch Podcast, and so much more. Lots of great podcasts and written content. You should go check it out. BGN.FM. That's the Beautiful Game Network. Last but not least, I want to thank our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and U.S. Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. For myself, for Joe Steen, for Jordan Scarlett, thank you very much, and have a great night. <laughs>